What is up, everybody? This is Ryan with the Scale Up Show. I am excited to share this next interview with you. I had Colin Mitchell on. He talks, he's a four-time founder, went from zero to five million in two years with the previous company that he had, is now is dropping some bombs when it comes to really, really creating great chunks, big chunks, measurable revenue when it comes to podcasting. And so could be a great tool for founders and revenue leaders to really check this out, take things to the next level with your brand, but while also blowing up the business. So excited to share this with you. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is Ryan Staley here. We have a very special guest today. I have Colin Mitchell. Colin is the CRO at SalesCast, as well as the founder, which is the only fully managed tech and service stack offering as an end-to-end thought leadership platform. He's also the host of the Sales Transformation Podcast, which I checked it out. Great stuff there. Awesome work, Colin. And prior to that, Colin has been an entrepreneur, a VP of sales, a major sales rep in his career, starting from ground up at becoming all the way and through his career is also a four-time founder that's passionate about sales and serving others. Colin, it is it is a tongue twister for me. Some For some reason today, I can't talk, but happy to have you on the show, man. How are you doing? Um, fantastic, man. I'm, I'm happy to be on the show and uh, excited to see what we can make happen. Yeah, I love, I love, love, love what we're going we're gonna to talk about. So why don't you give your superhero origin story? Because I probably butchered it a little bit. And so yeah. I'd love to hear your version of kind of your journey and kind of how you got to this point. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you the short version. So I was uh, raised by a single mom uh, with uh, three other brothers. My dad was never around. My mom had to work and struggled to keep you know food on the table. We I remember as a kid being in the grocery store embarrassed because we paid for our food with food stamps. I was hoping that none of my you know cool friends would see us. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was growing up as a kid. I just knew I didn't want to live like that. And there was nobody who really told me like, Hey, school is important. I was a horrible student. I barely made it through high school. Didn't go to college, got my first sales job and knew without, you know, a doubt that that was my way out of not having to live like that. And so I made the most out of it. Um, I was the first one into the office every day. I was the last one to leave every day. I came in on Saturdays to get my list ready, send proposals and get ready for Monday. And I did that for a while and worked my way up to the top. Ended up leaving that company because they told me I could manage a team. I thought I was ready. They told me I was ready. Went and left to manage a team. I clearly wasn't ready. Um, But then from there, ended up founding my first company with my now wife. Um, And we scaled that to $5 in annual revenue in 26 months uh, with $0 spent on marketing all field by sales. Love that, man. I'm really passionate too because we we did that uh, and grew. It was zero to thirty million AR without marketing. It was all sales. So like I love the fact. And now, granted, it was part of an existing company. It was a new division. So major, major props for you making that a reality uh, with uh, with your wife. Uh, so that's just another variable you got to throw in the mix. But two years, that's amazing, man. So yeah. so let's talk about that. Let's touch upon that because I think that that'll be great for some of the founders listening uh, about that. So walk us through that. You know, how did you make that a reality in two years? 
Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing was staying in the trenches, staying on the front lines of sales, um, making some key crucial hires, hiring people that would be top producers in any organization, um, and staying really focused on a niche that we served well. For us, it was like K through 12 in government. Um, mm-hmm. and we stayed in that line lane and we excelled, you know, very well. And, uh, you know, it's hard getting to that, you know, that much growth in a short period of time, all these other problems that you didn't know existed, like cash flow and payroll and people causing problems and drama and all these things that you're like, oh, I just want to sell stuff. I don't want to deal with all this, you know? Um, and eventually like it kind of took me away from what I enjoyed most, which is just making cold calls, building relationships and selling stuff, you know? And, uh, so there was a lot of things that I learned in that process, Um, but the reason that I think we had so much success in a short period of time is, is being very good at hiring the right people. Um, and you know, spending as much time on the frontline sales process. And a lot of founders struggle with this because a lot of times their sales playbook is in their head and it's really hard for, you know, a founder to train somebody based on all the information being locked in their head. So documenting your sales process, testing new things all the time, um, and being willing to get into the trenches and test new things with your team can result in pretty, you know, wild success in a short period of time. Love that, man. So when did you start hiring? Cause that, I mean, you hear, I, I love the results, but you hear, you hear over two years and it sounds like you did a lot of hiring. Did you, did you hire from day one or what, what was your approach with that? No, not from day one. I mean, our first office was like our living room in our one bedroom apartment, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and you know, just, we started with no startup money, nothing. Like we just kept our expenses low, started the business and went to work. And so hiring somebody, it can be stressful, right? Because you now are responsible for somebody else's financial stability and making Mm -hmm. sure that you can cover, um, you know, their salary and benefits or anything else that you might be included that are in, you know, cost of hiring somebody. So we waited a little bit and then, uh, hired somebody. And then, you know, basically just, that was kind of, we'd hire somebody or maybe one or two people at a time, um, once we could afford them. And, you know, it was literally like me selling and then that funding the next hire for, for, you know, a short period of time. Cause there's a ramp up period. Like people aren't going to be making you money on day one. Um, but we did make some, some really good hires that, uh, uh, were able to get some results in a shorter period of time than like ramping somebody that had, you know, very little or no experience. Okay. And, and I, I like that. I, I totally get that, man. You hire, get a lump, or I should say you sell, get a lump of cash. You turn that cash into a person, then they turn more lumps of uh, cash into other people, you know, so it's, it's a multiplier effect. So how, how big was your average deal size that you were selling at that time? Yeah, the average deal size was not, um, was not huge. Um, we were selling a lot of, so we were IT VAR. So we sold, you know, hardware, consumables, equipment, peripherals, all kinds of stuff. Um, the, the funny thing is, uh, uh, one of the most popular products that we saw was sold was printing consumables. That's what we sold. Right. Um, and office equipment, supplies, peripherals, hardware, software, tablets, you name it, all the things that schools need. Um, we sold it. And so, you know, you'd get big orders, you get small orders and sort of everything in between. It wasn't like you were signing people up for a, you know, monthly recurring product or service where you had this very predictable, uh, you know, um, income that was coming in. It was very unpredictable because 
they have budgets in different times and they have high and low buying seasons. And so, you know, cash flow was, was, uh, was not a fun thing to balance at times. And oh, yeah. there was definitely stressful moments, but we always, you know, made, made payroll and, um, were able to, and especially because, uh, with like the school districts and things like that, that we were mostly selling to, which was our niche. Um, a lot of, in a lot of cases, you know, we were basically getting orders on a purchase order and, they never pay on time. They yeah. always pay. They always pay, but they never pay on time. Never. And and you got to pay for your products that you're selling. You got to pay your vendors. You got to pay everything to keep the lights on. And you got to pay your commissions. And so, you know, one of the ways that we were able to get a lot of good sales talent was very good comp plans. And so that's how we were able to attract people. And so that meant, you know, very high percentage of commission on, you know, profit. And uh, we're paying that money before we get any of it from the actual customer. Wow, man. I love that you had the cojones, the cojones, the cookies to pull that off, man. That's awesome. So, um, and, and like I said, man, kudos to you for for making that a reality. You, you came from a, a rough, um, you know, starting point, and you made made some amazing things happen. So I love hearing that, and I love that you just di- you did it on your own with with your wife, and you guys just found a way. You know, that's that's super inspiring. And so talk about like fast forward now. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now and and kind of like what you're working on. And because I, th- I think there's some really cool things that um, you, the listener, can take away from this. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm, you know, working on today is at the, uh, as the CRO over at SalesCast, we like to say we have two departments. We have sales and we have sales support. <laughs> so I'm in charge of sales. Uh, my job is to make sure that, uh, you know, we're getting in front of as many people and uh, building pipeline and closing deals. Um, and then also it's a little bit actually bigger than just SalesCast. You know, I'm, I'm sort of like, I got my CRO hat on for our clients as mm-hmm. well. So what we do is we manage a produce podcasts. Um, and we do it in a, with a strategy that's driving revenue for the host or the business owner, the entrepreneur or the sales leader, whatever the case is. Um, we're, you know, creating content, um, with the podcast for them, but with also driving a strategy that drives revenue for them. So sort of, I got to put that CRO hat on for them and the strategy around their show. And there's a lot of different ways that you can make money through having a podcast for your business. Um, and so it's a little bit different for everybody and you know, who they're trying to target or who they're trying to get in front of or how they're trying to grow their listenership is different in each, uh, client that we work with. We have over 40 shows that we manage today. Um, and then we also book people on high quality podcasts as well. Uh, do a lot of work there for them to have a good offer that converts and drives revenue for them. Awesome. I mean, I literally was just talking about this yesterday to someone at lunch um, that I, I went to about, and they're like, what should I do for my brand? What should I do to grow my brand? What do I need to do? I'm like, get a show, get a podcast now. Like I can't even express all the benefits that I've had from, from having this show. So I could imagine like the value you bring to people. So, so let's get a little more granular, Colin. Let's, let's, can you walk through like how you would help a founder if, you know, they're, let's say a million in revenue or a couple million in revenue, let's say in that range or even earlier. Right. Um, yeah. And they, they're like, Hey, I, I want to find and I want to create a revenue stream while building my brand at the same time, maybe build some partnerships. What would, how would you approach it from a strategy and tactics perspective? Yeah, a couple different ways. 
Um, so it would depend, you know, it would depend on their product, their offer and what that is. It would depend on, you know, but basically the, the, the question that they would need to answer is what type of relationships can drive revenue for my Mm -hmm. business? And in some cases that is your exact clients, right? And this is, you know, podcasting is not going to answer all of your prospecting, you know, uh, dreams. It's not the only channel that you're going to use. But if you uh, have a business and you, like you said, a million dollar business, you should have a good idea of who your clients are, who your dream clients are, who your top target accounts are. And those are the type of people that you can invite on your show and build a relationship with them in a very different way than they're maybe used to. Um, Now, you don't want it to be very like snake oil car salesman, like, hey, Ryan, I'm only going to invite you on my show because (laughs) I want to sell you something when we're done. Right. Right. Um, If, if, you know, in, in most sales processes, relationships matter. And that's a big focus point is building those relationships. So you can build relationships with your ideal clients or your prospects through inviting them on your show, giving them a good experience, right? Um, you're going to be able to get access to people that probably ignored every call, every you know LinkedIn DM and every cold email that you've ever sent them, but send them a message and say, hey, Ryan, I think you'd be a good fit for my show. I'd love to have you come on and maybe talk about these things. You'd be surprised how well it actually works. So that's one strategy. Bring them on. Focus on the guest experience. Don't worry about how many downloads you get. Don't worry about how many people are listening to your show, how many reviews, how many likes you get on your post. Forget about all that and just focus on the guest being very targeted about who you ask on the show and making sure that you're giving them a great experience throughout the process before they come on, during, and then after is the big key because that's where a lot of people make a lot of mistakes. They ask you to come on and you never hear from them again. And that's a huge missed opportunity because people get kind of personal on podcasts. You learn things about them that you would have never learned in a sales call. And you have a different type of bond or relationship with them thereafter. Most people just don't know what to do with it. Okay. Love that. And I'm a firm believer of it. I've seen that happen as well. Um, first and myself. So same thing. Like, people that you would not expect to get access to would love to be on, on your show. So million percent yeah. behind you on that one. Okay. So let's talk about the follow-up, man. I think that's really intriguing. So what, what do you recommend for follow-up strategies and, and how to kind of approach it? Yeah. So people, people remember how you make them feel right. So in the very beginning, once they, you know, once you've get them to come on the show, how good you are as a host really matters. And there's a lot of podcasts. I personally go on a lot of podcasts and I would say over 50% are not great hosts. And it takes being a good listener and being curious and being able to ask good questions and like genuinely showing like, Hey, I want to learn more about you. Mm -hmm. That's when the person on the other side of there has a good experience. And so in that moment, is where you have the opportunity to really just do some small things that can make a big difference. A couple of things that I like to do is send them a handwritten thank you note, you know, um, send them a handwritten thank you note, personalized, you know, sort of templated, but, you know, injecting something personalized in there that I enjoyed learning about them or I appreciated about the conversation. Um, another thing that I like to do is I like to just send them a personalized video the day that we had the interview, just also doing the same thing there. Um, if you learn something interesting about them, you can, um, you know, send them a personalized gift, you know, something, you know, maybe you learn something 
personal about them, like their particular you know sports fan or something that happened in their childhood or whatever the case is, use that and apply it. Um, and then from there, make it easy to set up like another conversation, you know, make sure they have a good understanding of what type of problems you solve. And, you know, if they have those types of problems, maybe you have some resources, maybe you offer them a free strategy call. If you have a SaaS product, maybe you offer them an extended trial on that. I mean, it highly depends on what you do. That's one way. Now, this also works extremely well for building partners. In a lot of businesses, they have a formal partner program. Right. And so, you know, in a perfect example is marketing agencies. A lot of times marketing agencies specialize in a particular thing. Maybe it's SEO, maybe it's web design. So building partnerships with people who do, you know, paid advertising, that's a great relationship with them because there's crossover and clients. So creating a marketing show where you get the marketing side of it, where you're, you know, creating content that's educational to your ideal clients, but also building relationships with people that can become partners. Love that, man. You're inside my head. This is literally what I've been thinking about for the last like <laughs> three weeks. So yeah, maybe pretty. Yeah. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about it, man. So it's, it's good. It's like, you're, you're reflecting back at me. I'm like, I was thinking, I'm like, Hey, what's been working really good in my podcast? And you hit on a lot of the notes. So, um, love that, man. I love that you're helping people do that because there's, I, I've seen it firsthand, the benefits of it. So I'm a, a testimonial, kind of testimonial <laughs> um, of what you're talking about. So where do you see, um, I guess, like, so that's the starting point. And so um, of all the people you worked with, uh, you don't have to say the name because I don't want you to favor your clients. But, you know, give me an example of someone that's absolutely killing it in this space and like kind of what they're doing, what, how is it converting, all those kind of ideas. Like I said, you don't need to give the name unless you yeah. feel like it, right? I'll, gi I'll, give you, I'll give you two examples, which are very different, right? So we have a client who does who coaches entrepreneurs and founders building out their sales process, right? Mm -hmm. um, or founders that sell. And so what he does is he invites these specific people onto his show and has a great conversation, learns a ton about them, and then just as a way of saying thank you for them coming on the show, he says, "Hey, we have this group coaching. Um, I'd love for you to come and you know come join us for three free sessions. And you know, here's what you could expect and maybe learn." And they show up to those sessions, and then he's be able to you know show them the type of value that he can bring if they were to work together. And in a lot of cases, they're becoming his higher ticket, higher offer, one on one clients. Um, and so that's one example. I'll give you another example. We have a show that we manage. It's a seven day a week show. There is no guests. Um, the main metric there is driving SaaS signups for their product. They have a free version. Mm. Many of those people who sign up for free end up converting into paid, you know, customers. And so with that show there, we're targeting a very specific niche of people as listeners, providing really high value content that's educational that they're tuning in and listening to every day. Um, and those people are signing up for that SaaS product. Um, when we took that show over, we've, you know, we grew it by, we've been growing it by 20% and it's been very successful. Um, I can tell you my own personal case study yeah. is we manage over 40 shows. Every single client that we have for the most part was either a guest on my show, guest on one of our client's shows, um, or was a referral from somebody who either came on my show or went on one of our client shows. Uh, so that's another example there. There is another 
There's, there's, uh, there's so many other strategies, but those are kind of the ones that would work really well for founders. Brands are really investing in podcasting to uh, build an audience that they can control the attention of. Um, and then, you know, there's the, the problem is there's 2.6 million podcasts and only half of them are still releasing episodes. And it's because most of them think of podcasting as a marketing activity first. I'm not saying that it's not a marketing activity, but if you can think of it as a sales activity first, you're still going to get all the benefits of the marketing activity of creating content, creating brand awareness, building your thought leader status, having stuff to post on social. You still get all those benefits, but you can actually see an ROI sooner. And when people think of it as a marketing activity first, they typically give up because they don't see that ROI quick enough. Mm, okay. I, yeah. So some great examples. I, I love how you went through that. Uh, really, really good detail as well. So what are, what are some of the other ways? I mean, uh, are you thinking like sponsorships? Are you thinking, um, communities developed? Like what are other ideas that you've, you've seen work really well? Like what's the top three? If you only, yeah, if you I only mean, pick three, Colin, what are the top three? Given I me. mean, if I had, if I had to pick three, it's, it's interviewing. I mean, my favorite yeah. option is interviewing your clients, building relationships. And I'll tell you why is because the, how this business started was I went on a podcast for the first time uh-huh. and, uh, and then I was like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. Right. So it was like right there. It's like, I went on a podcast. I want to start a podcast. And the person who invited me on the show is my co-founder, Chris. And he's like, sure, you can interview whoever you want. I'll take care of the rest. And I was like, awesome. That works. And then shortly after that, you know, I, I got invited on a podcast for the second time. I was feeling pretty good about myself at that point. You know, like, wow, people want me to come on their show. And it was a horrible experience. <laughs> horrible. The dude had me on his show. It was like an eight minute show. And then as soon as he stopped recording, he tried to sell me some high ticket offer. <laughs> come on, really? Immediately. It was like an eight minute leg hump basically is what the guy did. And then, yeah, I felt like I needed to take a shower after, uh, it was that bad. And so, (laughs) and, and the funny thing is it was about starting a pot. The high ticket offer was about starting a podcast. I already had a podcast. So the, the dude clearly did no research. I was just, he was clearly, you know, just purely playing the numbers game. Um, and I was pretty pissed off. And then I thought about it and I was like, it's actually a really good idea. It's just very poor execution. Good man. Well, it's awesome that you're serving in that way. Um, so, man, a lot, a lot of areas. Let's talk about growth a little bit. I know you said don't worry about the download. So let's yeah. go beyond the direct sales motion. I know there's the yeah. partner motion and then the guesting uh, collaboration. Yeah. So let's talk about that and growth. Like, what what are your top um, strategies for that or tactics in terms of let's say growth and then collaboration? Like, how do you approach it? Any great tools you use, things along those lines. Yeah. So if like this goes into like maybe another option, right? Of like, hey, I want to grow. Maybe I'm doing a podcast on the side. Maybe I want to create an extra revenue stream. And so the path there is grow the downloads, get sponsors, right? Well, for this to work, uh, you really need to have a niche show, you know, because that's where you can actually make more money with sponsorships Mm -hmm. and you can build audience faster. And so what I mean by that is, for example, my show is a sales show. It's very clear on who my audience is. It's very easy for people who want to consume that type of content via podcast to find me. Um, A lot of times people start a show and they don't really think about the name that much. And it doesn't really even tell you what type of show it is. And so that's a big problem because it's hard to grow 
a show and audience when the name is not you know narrow enough. So picking your name really matters. And then there's a lot of details. There's a lot of small details that people typically don't pay attention to. And one of them is your show title. Mm-hmm. Like your show, your episode titles matter a lot. And most people just throw something simple in there. It's kind of an afterthought of like a thing that I need, a box that I need to check to get this thing published. And then if you go a little deeper than that, another piece that is often overlooked is the show notes. The show notes of your podcast hold a lot of SEO value. And your show description, this is like a piece of real estate on your show that some people leave blank. And so all of those things really matter. But let's go a little bit further. The best way to grow a podcast is to guest on podcasts like crazy. Um, because you can have the greatest looking content. You can capture the most fire moment in your episode, post it on Instagram reels, post it on LinkedIn, you know, go crazy with it, quote cards, you name it. But here's a hard reality. Only a small percentage of social media people are podcast listeners. So the best place to grow audience is to meet them on the podcast platform. And you go on there and then here's where a lot of people make a lot of mistakes as well as they go on a show and they're really concerned with their business, which is how they make money. So they typically sound something like this. They go on the show, the show wraps up and they say, Hey Ryan, you know, where can people find out more or learn about you? And they say, Hey, I'm on LinkedIn. Here's how you spell my name. I talk about fantasy football on Twitter. I post (laughs) food pictures on Instagram. Here's my personal site. Here's my business site. And it's like the kitchen sink CTA, right? Um, do one thing and one thing only promote your podcast. Once they're your listener, you can promote whatever you want, but just get them to subscribe to your show. Love that, man. Super actionable, uh, everything that you talked about. And I I think those are some great examples. I love the level of depth that you went into. Uh, I probably made every single one of those mistakes in the past. I actually, I don't think I did the eight minute leg hump though. That was something I didn't do. I've never done that, (laughs) but I've made, I've made a lot of other mistakes, you know what I mean? So I, I think there's huge value to what you're talking about. And if you're listening and you, you, yeah, granted, you can do it on your own, but it's so much easier having someone like Colin do it for you. That's been down that road that understands copy and show notes and titles and editing and all those details. And I mean, the graphics afterwards, there's just uh, piles and piles of value that he's providing. So so great stuff, man. I think you gave some some really good actionable insights. Um, and I, I know what you're going to say when I ask you this question, but we're just about to wrap up. So what would you say with all the business experience, since you're a four-time founder, as a founder, what's the biggest mistake that you've made? Ooh, biggest mistake as a founder um, was in my first company when I got out of the front line, like got out of doing sales Mm -hmm. and I got tried to get fancy and launch new service offerings and marketing and learn all these things that I thought were going to take us to the next level. And a lot of them failed. A lot of them I was not qualified to do Mm -hmm. and I wasn't that happy in my business. So whatever it is in your business, whatever thing that you enjoy doing most, keep it close. Love that, man. All right. Where can people find you? I know what you're going to say, but I got to ask you this question anyways. Yep. Very, very simple. If you stuck around this long, maybe you enjoyed today's episode. And if that's the case, whatever platform you're listening this on, you can check out Sales Transformation, where we drop five episodes per week uh, from telling people's sales transformation stories that you can learn from to transform your own sales process. 
Love that, man. It was, uh, it's a great show, too. I, I could recommend it. I, I, was, I was checking an episode out uh, today. He's got some – does, does a great job, man. So, uh, anyways, thanks for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on. Really enjoyed the insights that you were talking about. And um, look forward to seeing you around, man. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.